0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the eternal question, the everlasting question between two friends who has better taste in films. I think it's me, but I'm joined by a man who also thinks it's him, in uh, Sam Blakely. Mm. Hello Sam.
1: Hello Hugh. Personal biases aside, listeners let us know who has better taste. Yeah, I mean, I s- At please watch pod. Yeah, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short episode this week. <laughs>
0: How are you, Sam?
1: Sam the man, man of Sam. Not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. I'm enjoying the weather. It's just kicking out, kicking out some proper sunshine. Yeah, and uh, it's been cold the yeah, last it's
0: glorious. couple of weeks, hasn't it? It's. Uh, I don't know what's been going on. Not much. And,
1: no and rain. It's, it's now oh, rain. Now warm. It's not really rained. Now warm. It's cold in the morning. The, the caterpillars. The caterpillars we bought turn into chrysalises which uh, turn into butterflies that we, we let go, Hugh. It's been an eventful week in the Blakely household. Classic butterflies.
0: You know, yeah, That's what they that's do. That's what they do, innit? Sounds like it sounds like a four year old had a lot of fun learning about the uh mm. the ways of life.
1: And you sound like you had fun. The life cycle as of well, yeah. Uh, I had more fun. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. We had ten. Yeah. Ten in the end. It was it was genuinely yeah. uh transcendental. Are they are they gone now? <laughs> They're gone. They're They're dead now. Yeah, we were like,
0: and then once they they become butterflies, we smash them with the hammer! (laughs) And we can make them into, they're on on the wall now in one of those butterfly (laughs) pattern things that you see in old people's houses. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, you know, brutal animal cruelty aside, it sounds like you've had a nice week.
1: Uh, Yourself, any brutal animal cruelty this week?
0: Only to myself. Um, <laughs> no, no, no! Quite weak, quite weak.
1: Self abuse was it? A lot of, a lot of self abuse. Well, that's what you, you, can, alone, call you, it, you can call it. You can call that is. if you like. Yeah, um, I know you're weird.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't really have a segue from that into this. So uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about this week's film. Um, Sam, <laughs> we're doing this week mm. the 1988 film. So it's the same age mm. as me. Uh wow. So it's thirty-three years of age. You know looks looks as good as it ever did looks a lot better than I do uh, Mississippi Burning <laughs> with uh, Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe Gene Hackman directed by Alan Parker yeah, well, definitely. Uh, who directed such films like Midnight Express and um, The Commitments which have you ever seen The Commitments
1: I haven't I've seen Midnight Express though. I haven't
0: I see I haven't seen Midnight Express but I have seen The Commitments and The Commitments is bloody brilliant this
1: is why we go together like peas and carrots here yeah
0: yeah, we work well together, but we're not podcast, the same, Sam. We
1: should a film podcast.
0: That's how it is, isn't it? We're mm. not, Yeah.
1: complementary. We'll have to
0: put the commitments on your list of films to watch, because I
1: think you'd enjoy that. Um, I'll stick my Midnight Express on yours. Yep, yeah, Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, yeah, the late Alan Parker, we, who died sadly last year, age 74, I think. Mm. So, yeah, so we get a chance. And, you know, this film has a lot about... People in law enforcement abusing people, you know, who are black, and that seems very relevant in the media once again this week with the uh, <laughs> with the trial and conviction of uh, is it Derek Chauvin is he called?
1: That's right. Yeah, Basically I mean, it's uh, George Floyd. It is weirdly the, the, watching the film. You're like, oh yeah. um... When is this set? 2018 yeah, or 19? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, some of the anti-communism stuff that comes and the, up and everything. And
0: the reason I recommended it to you, because I watched the film last week, um, Glory with Morgan Freeman um, and... Is it John Cusack? No, not John Cusack. Um, Matthew rudder Broderick, thank you, and Denzel Washington. And while that was a good film, and it's a lot of, you know, I
1: take pride
0: and I'm a man and, you know, we're not just, you know, scum and whatever, but it was a bit too sort of reverential and a bit too sort of, you know, oh, they fought the good fight and they, you know, that kind of war film sort of territory that you get into when these people go off and do sort of heroic things in war. So I quite enjoyed the fact that um, this film's much more grounded I think is uh, the way to say it and that's why I recommended it to you I was actually surprised you hadn't seen it but I thought it would have crept up on you and you would have seen it but um, yeah do you want to give us a little synopsis? well just before that just to remind the listeners because if in case they didn't listen last week I mean how could mm. they have not listened last week but if they didn't and they want to just get a quick summary what did you know about this film before, before you watched it Sam?
1: I didn't know anything about this film I, I dismissed it based on probably its name uh, I don't think I'd seen even a poster uh, I didn't know who was in it um, or nor what it was about I didn't really know anything I just sort of thought oh that's just one of those bland 80s man films that I tend to dismiss <laughs> man films? So what's it, a man film? I hadn't even actively you know it's just like I don't know like films about people doing stuff <laughs> that aren't really about anything they're just about oh there's a bomb on a thing Oh, there's a, you know, a thing... Did you confuse this film with the film Speed? (laughs) I didn't, well, I mean, I didn't have any picture of it in my head, you know? It was just like, I mean, for me, it was like The Hunt for Red October, you know? I never watched that film because it looked like a fairly bland man film. And to be honest, it was. uh, And so I just kind of put it in... It's not a bad
0: film, though, The Hunt for Red October. Yeah, I remember you... Rel- no, just bland, enjoying.
1: bland, you know, not yeah. for me, basically. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah, so you've... I think it's a demo review, you know, it, I could see why people would love it, but I just, it just isn't, doesn't tickle my fancy. Okay, that's...
0: Hey, you know, I understand. I understand that. So mm-hmm. that was the reason you hadn't seen it, so... So, yeah, so, a quick synopsis. So, three young college kids uh, from... I think they're from the north, actually, uh, if memory serves. Oh, no, two of them are from the north and one's from Mississippi. Um, they go... Well... At the beginning, the audience has shown that they are brutally murdered by KKK men in the in the deep South in Mississippi in a place called Jessup County. But the uh, the, the main characters, uh, Willem Zafoe and um, Gene Hackman's um, Anderson and Ward
1: are. Or- and Anderson. Mm. Rupert uh, and Alan. Yeah, yeah
0: they um, they get sent in to investigate the missing boys and to find out what's happened to them and basically by doing that they they basically invite like a bit of a media circus into the town and they bring in lots of outside help lots of government uh, lots of FBI agents uh, they even bring in like naval reserves at one point to to drench through and uh, a a swamp or a lake, like a yeah, it's a swamp, isn't it? I think they have in that part of the world. And it just the story unfolds. Gene Hackman becomes quite close with one of the sheriff deputies wife. Um, he's like trying to get information out of her about what what his hus- husband was doing that night. And um, yeah, the two characters like it's almost like a buddy cop movie in a sense because they're very because um, they're very different. You know, Willem Defoe's characters very much by the book. He's you know, he wants to, you know, do things the the way they're supposed to be done. He's he's young, but he's in charge of the investigation because apparently he got promoted after taking a bullet for somebody. Um Yeah, although I did Google how old Willem Dafoe was in this film and he was still like 33. <laughs> he just looks <loved> incredibly <laughs> he looks he looks so young in this film. Uh, I thought he was in like his, his like mid twenties, but no, he was thirty three at the time. Oh, he would have been,
1: maybe... It's those cheekbones isn't and that it? jawline, isn't, isn't it? And that perfect skin. It's the hair as well. He's, he's a He's an head of hair. otherworldly force, Willem Dafoe. Yeah,
0: he's very... He's very Germanic-looking in a way, isn't he? But also at the same time, <laughs> not... I don't, yeah, he's just an unusual-looking dude, isn't he? Let's face it. Mm. Um, but he's mm. got a very... He's got a very magnetic face, I think, is how you would describe Willem Dafoe, which is a great contrast to Gene Hackman, who just you know gives hope to every bloke that you could be a famous worldwide <laughs> actor. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, it's got Frances McDormand, in, even
1: me with my cue ball,
0: yeah, as well. She plays, um, she plays Pell's wife, uh, deputy Pell's wife, Mrs. Pell. Yeah, Frances um, McDormand. Yeah, who's uh, she's great in this, and yeah, it's just the basically the film is just the story of the violence in this in this town or this rural, like rural Mississippian town. The, the investigation as how it how they uncover, you know, like the black population won't say anything because obviously they're they're scared because they think obviously you know even if something does happen, the FBI will just once they're gone they're gone and they still have to live there and they have to deal with you know ostensibly people in law enforcement who are enabling the KKK and the racists and these kind of people. And yeah, um, and spoiler alert, it culminates in Gene Hackman's character. He gets the information of where the bodies are from Mrs. Pell, Francis McDormand's character, and they get the bodies out and then they manage to um, break the ring of trust around the murderers essentially. And once that ends, then yeah, they get them convicted. But they're not. Strangely enough, they're not able to get them convicted on murder charges. They do it on anti-sort
1: of federal laws about voter suppression. Federal, Um, uh, federal. Yeah, yeah, uh, because violation of uh, human rights, civil rights. Yeah, because
0: essentially the boys who go down to are there for a reason is to um, for voter registration because something that happened a lot during the segregation era in uh, American history was they would they would gerrymander these, like, districts and they would, like, threaten the local black population so that they wouldn't register to vote. So they had the vote, you know, after, you know, the Civil War, but, you know, for now in a hundred years they weren't really allowed to use their vote. Um, there There was a lot of things in, like, the 1870s and 1880s where American sort of... American white supremacists basically scared the black people in their regions from not voting. So, yeah.
1: There we go. So uh, only four minutes, that synopsis. So you're, uh, you're uh, really narrowing down <laughs> a few every week. Yeah, You know, I I'd, I'd just get, you know, it's a
0: synopsis, you know. It's, you know well, it's I mean, this film, film is film.
1: about... Um, FBI detectives go to a small Alabama uh, Mississippi town to investigate missing persons assumed to be linked to the Ku Klux Klan. And they, um, they essentially stir up a lot of racial... Uh, what would you call it? Conflict? Yeah. Hatred, uh, frankly. But, and hatred and, uh, you know... But that's the a you've, you've given a summary there.
0: Things. Not a synopsis. There's two different things. Yeah. But let's maybe, not, I
1: should, maybe, I should, maybe I should trail it as a, as a summary next time. Perhaps. So, obviously the most important thing is why do you like it? So, yeah.
0: So, uh, what I like about this film, it's just... Well, it's a compelling story, I think, first and foremost. It is... It's an interesting sort of... Um, period of time in like American history. You know, they did have this you know, they had this awful segregated society in the South of America for, you know, like I said, basically a hundred years after the civil the Civil War. Um, you know, there was voter suppression, as you saw, there was there was violence against people. It was uh, you know, a terrible terrible time essentially um, I've I think it was maybe Ebert in his review said that these people essentially live in a police state. You know, they're afraid to go out and, you know, to be caught in the wrong place. And there's an example they made of this was the scene when Willem Defoe's character goes into the, um, into the local cafe, sits down and asks um, the, a young black man if he knows anything. And the young man says nothing, but still gets beaten up anyway. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that. That kind of side to things, and you know, you've got the you've got the idealism of say Willem Defoe's character. You know, he's he's called one of Kennedy's men. You know, one of um not what was his uh, Bobby Kennedy's men in the Justice Department. That's where he was beforehand. Um, He was also, and then you've got like the Gene Hattman the old sort of the old hand. You know, he says, "Oh, I used to be a, a sheriff in a small town similar to this." So you've got their kind of, you know, buy the book and, you know, I'll get the job done by any means necessary. And that wonderful blend of those two characters, because, you know, I mean, like Gene hackman has got, you know, a good 20, 25 years on Willem Defoe, I think, pretty much. So I think he's
1: 90 now, isn't he's he? He's
0: something. He was, yeah, yeah, he's 90, he He'd be 91 this year, I think, if he's not already. Yeah, he was born in 1930, so... So he's he was already old in <laughs> 1988, yeah. which is mad, isn't it? He's he, but he's got one of those old old man faces. He looked he's probably looked about fifty since he was about thirty. I probably imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and yeah, Gene Gene Hapman's wonderful in this film. Uh, Willem Dafoe's. Willem Dafoe is very understated actually for Willem Dafoe you know we know Willem Dafoe can chew a scenery off a scene and you know go a bit mad and be very menacing but in this he's just he's very straight laced it's a very contained performance I would say from Willem Dafoe and I quite like it and Frances McDormand she's very she's the kind of um you know the doormat wife who kind of comes out against her own husband because she's you know he's she's married to an awful person quite frankly um yeah, it's just it's you, you, even though you know what's kind of happened because they show it at the beginning, the that sort of drama of them finding out what's happened and the consequences of them being there, you know, it, it, what, something that I found very interesting was you got the the talking heads where the media were doing the interviews with locals about it, and this is you know nineteen sixty four, and then there, it's it is a trial by media already, and it's you know set you know forty odd years ago now, fifty years ago, so that's. I quite enjoyed. Um, I quite enjoyed that. And I think that's a very good part of it, um, as well. There's, um, you know, good use of dramatic tension, isn't it? You know, because you because of that. Um, good chemistry between Defoe and Hackman. I feel uh, I would say that they really work well together, um, as you know, in that sort of sort of situation. I guess, yeah. Um, Yeah, I could go on, but I just, yeah, I'm sure you're going to elucidate some things. Because I think, I think personally you enjoyed this film, if I had to say. But um, if I had to guess at maybe what you didn't like, and I don't think there wasn't much about it you didn't like. You might have found it boring. I don't think you found it boring, personally. I think it'd be interesting because it's almost kind of, they're not, they're not like one for one, but you can make a comparison sort of with Black Klansman. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's got quite. A, it's got a bit of humour in it. It's got a, you know. It's got a, it's got a similar but different vibe to the film. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's shot in a very different way because it's spikely Where this is more of a, a classic. You know, static camera. Cameras here. Cameras there. You know. There's the cinematography is really beautiful in this film. I think as well. Um, but yeah, I think maybe. That might, maybe you would have been bored, like you said, like a man film. And the the only thing, I, the only real criticism I had of this is that there is at points I've put I put this in question marks in my notes, but I put maybe it's a bit preachy, and I think that leads to some stilted dialogue um, throughout the film at times, especially from Willem Dafoe's character. Like at the very end, when they find the mayor who's hung himself, and he's like, "Me, he's because he felt guilty." But we're all guilty, you know, and it's like, you know, you, you know, might as well turn to the camera and go, hi, I'm actor mm. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are the things that are awful in my, in American society, you know. Um, this is, I've got a prepared statement here from um, the writer, you know, uh, the writer of this Chris uh, Guerre- uh it's hard to pronounce his surname, I think it's Girolamo, maybe? Gerolimo. We'll go with that. I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: I'll have a
0: look. So,
1: Girolamo, Yeah.
0: We'll, yeah. So. Got take on it. <laughs> yeah. Here's a prepared. St- Gerolimo. Yeah.
1: Gerolimo. yeah Gerolimo. Here's a,
0: Here's yeah. a prepared statement from the director and the writer, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And maybe, maybe sort of narratively speaking, you might maybe not have bought the relationship between Francis McDormand and uh, Gene Hapman's character, because there is a big age gap, you know, in that, in those, between those two characters. Um, again I looked it up and I think Frances McDormand's like 30, 31 when she made this film but she doesn't look it well, do you know what I mean no um, no. yeah and it's just got a wonderful it's got a really great cast do you know what I mean from start to finish you know there's no there's no characters sort of out of, no actors out of place the only the only other thing I thought maybe this film might be lacking is it doesn't really have a black protagonist It has black characters in it and it has black actors in it and they are very much focal at times. But there's a part of me that wonders, could they have had like a black person as one of the lead characters in this film? But then you might say, well, this (laughs) film isn't, it's not about, even though it's about white people looking in at their situation and we're seeing it through the lens of these two lawmen. Because really when you think about it, they are that they, it is that those two are the main people in this film there's no doubt that they're the stars of the film you know they get you know everyone else kind of comes in and out sort of thing and even if they are important like um thingy's character michael rooker's characters is actually quite important in this film but he's not you don't know, he has like maybe one bit where he's giving out to the media and he punches somebody or he ruffles somebody and cuts their face or whatever and he's like get that camera out of my mm-hmm. face um the guy uh, who plays the leader of the KKK there um, is it Stephen Tololsky or something I think I...
1: Tobolsky Tablo- Tablo- yeah, yeah.
0: Um, he plays Steven Townley Tablosky from Groundhog yeah. from what sorry
1: from Groundhog Day
0: oh yeah of Needle Nosed Ned yeah of course that's who it is Ned yeah. Ryerson yeah so yeah there's like those kind of characters don't really get developed other than maybe Pell Deputy Pell He's, like, the one that you kind of see a lot of these things through. But I'm very much nitpicking there, quite frankly. Um, and I think... that's well, fine out. And I think, I think you would... I think you enjoyed this film. Uh, I think... I, if I had to guess now, before we get into it, I'd say you enjoyed it. I'd say you probably... Like, I think I would put it in the similar category, though, as films, like... It's kind of almost similar to, like... Um, Schindler's list because it's it's the films like enjoys the wrong word I think you just you you kind of glad you watched yeah. them because they're about something important but they but this film's done with enough dr- drama and enough sort of um confidence that it's sort of it's you know it's well made in that regards but yeah again I think you know I think just maybe the lack authentic lack of maybe black voices in this film is a bit of a worry because it's like it's an English director in Alan Parker and you've got a white writer and you've got a character about two white characters so you know it's 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 a bit of an interesting situation, I think, in that regards. I don't think you would have... I think, as interesting as it is now, I don't think you would have this happen today. And something that... Well, actually, one other thing I wanted to mention, which... which um, Eber mentioned, I think, in his review as well, is he said that for people going to the cinema in 1988, when this came out, it... it um, you know, this was only, like, 27 years prior... To you know, when the film took place, so these events were fresh in the memory of people. So the uh, the point he made was people knew kind of the outcome. Where mm-hmm. I think me and you, as people watching it, I think I saw the film about just shy of about twenty years ago, and um, yeah, you obviously watching it for the first time certain things maybe didn't you know, like, oh well you see them you see Michael Rucker's face when they they get killed and you're like, well that takes out the detention of who who killed one of them at least, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of way. Yeah. Um so yeah, so it was very much fresh and, you know, like what, twenty seven years of what's that's like ninety eight, ninety yeah uh, twenty seven yeah, ninety eight, so you know, you remember stuff from ninety eight. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, twenty seven, so, ninety four, isn't it?
0: Sorry, yeah, 20, yeah, sorry, 94.
1: But yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's a Chris Rock bit from must be either the late nineties, early nineties, and he says, you know, if you if you speak to a black man and he's got grey in his hair, he he knows what <laughs> what racism is, and like, you know, uh, having dogs set on you and and the, the fire hoses and stuff like that. Not applicable yeah. now, but you know, twenty years ago, yeah, he's right. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, indeed. But anyway. So we're gonna have a break, find, and then after that break we're gonna find out what you think about Mississippi Burning, Sam. And we're back. Um so Sam, I want you to tell me um what is Anglo-Saxon democracy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's whatever Stephen Toblowski was on about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm sure the Tartars were like, oh, we got a mench. The Tartars don't get a mention things much more anymore, do they? Yeah. Not enough. Not enough. So yeah, so so Sam, what did you like about Mississippi Burning?
1: Yeah, I I feel like I owe this film an apology. I was so (laughs) I was so ready to be like this is this is a slog. But this is an Outstanding film. Yeah. Absolutely nice. love this film. Uh,
0: I'm surprised you love it as much as you did. Yeah, it was nominated for seven Oscars, I've meant, failed to mention. Uh, only, um,
1: you know, I'm not surprised.
0: Only won one for cinematography in the end. Interesting. Um, but Ebert uh, thought it was going to be the Oscar winner that year.
1: That's for me, I don't know what it was up against, but I, I think for me, this, the, screen, the screenplay is a major, major strength. Because this film is so smart... Um, mm. In that it doesn't, it doesn't use um, much broader, cheaper characters and and, and mechanisms and, and story arcs. Uh, well, it does, it does use identifiable characters and types, but it it has shades of grey in there, and it's not, um, yeah, it's not as. So, I, I think the key thing really is that there's the dynamic between the two lead detectives. In Willem Dafoe yeah. and, and uh, Gene Hackman, um, you know, and they are different and they are identifiable as archetypes, and they do have this conflict, but it's not cheap melodramatic conflict. It's uh, ideological, and you know, one of my favorite films is *The History Boys*, where you've got two teachers with two different approaches to education, and it's in yeah. in how intelligent the, the the conflict is between them uh, that makes it so good. I haven't seen many Gene Hackman films at all. I don't really have much of an opinion of him as an actor, based on the fact that I've not seen many of his films. And, well, and I haven't, haven't really... seen
0: Superman and Superman Two and Superman Four. <laughs> not, not for like I think twenty four years, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not
1: for not for years and years. But he, he he absolutely blew me away in this. Willem Dafoe is a force of nature. He is he should be somehow immortalized. However, we can sort that out because he's just <laughs> this amazingly diverse actor versatile actor I should say um, uh, you know and, uh, just the most incredible face obviously and that that's the first most striking thing but he's this sort of like prototype agent Smith all the way down to Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, in those words. But he's not, <laughs> he's not so robotic that he's not willing to hold a gun to, <laughs> to Mr. Anderson's head and, uh, and let him try out his methods and so on. You know, so it's not a cheap ploy to have conflict. I don't think it is a buddy no. cop movie, chalk and cheese type thing, but they're not always constantly talking about how much they hate each other with a knowing look to the camera. Yeah. And you also don't have to pick sides. Um, you know it was an interesting thing seeing that power dynamic where you've got the the seniority uh, in age of uh, of Anderson but the, the the seniority in actual titles and so on of um what's Alan Ward yeah, um, yeah and also the immediately the differences are apparent very early on and the the you know they get results um when they go to the sheriff's office and Ward is going to be professional and say well we'll wait and he's very fbi and then uh, uh Anderson Basically threatens the guy, and it seems to it seems to work. You know, we get immediately this demonstration of old school versus by the book, uh, which I think is is really good. And the way in yeah. which, in the third act, he just says, "Yeah, you do you, you use your methods," then incredibly cathartic to see. And you know, and yeah. I, I do love it when it works when you see an old hand at those tricks. And he's got this brilliant blue collar charm, you know, and he's. A twinkle in the eye, I suppose, is one way of exp- of, of uh, expressing it about Gene Hackman in this film.
0: I really like the scene at the beginning when they're traveling to Jessup County, yeah. and um, it's, you can it's, see uh,
1: reading f- out the lyrics,
0: <laughs> yeah, to this awful song, yeah, this Kluck mm. Kluck Klan song, and you can see sort of the difference in them there, and there's, yeah. you know, they're they're both kind of the way they both are, and there's mm. that bit where. Ward basically tells him, you know, it's like, I shave every day, don't call me
1: Sonny or Cableboy. I've had a boy, pimple for you know. years. Yeah. yeah. Like the Will Smith uh, <laughs> rant in Men in Black, you know, don't call me... Don't call me <laughs> yeah. And he, and, goes, and he spends and the entire so.
0: film calling him sport. And yeah, exactly. And yeah. Take the new lad. And, 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 and again... They all do uh, it as well, which is really funny.
1: A, a slightly, a slightly sort of cheaper uh, screenwriter would have made them, would have made him not humour, would have made Ward not be able to humour Anderson's uh, antics. He really yeah. just sort of like holds his own. He's got his own approach to it, and it's a wonderful di- d- uh, dynamic. Um, yeah, from, from they an work in different ways, me,
0: don't they? Because it's they like do, yeah.
1: it's
0: almost like Ward's like by the book way gets them so far, but yeah. ultimately it's Anderson's sort of intimate, sort of catching the hearsay, figuring yeah. out the weak links, and um, I yeah, because you, you couldn't Eber send
1: Ward to get the information out of Pell's wife no but you could send you could send Rupert to do that and the Um, strange
0: thing there I was sat thinking looking at the film going well actually of the two characters who you think there would be the chemistry with you would be like oh well it'd be it would be Warden people
1: of similar age yeah and Pell same sheep (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of cheekbones. Yeah, they'd have the the kids would just have cheekbones next to the their eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: I mean, and Frances McDormand is excellent in this in the way that um, very strong fe- uh, actresses, female actors, and uh, female characters are when they're yeah. younger. Where you go, she is, she is stunning to look at, but also, um, yeah, you can you can see the the strength in there as well. She's not like. She's not ditzy. She's not kind of weak. Uh, character's weak in the sense she's a doormat, but she's got Francis McDormand's kind of charisma. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. You know, you know, there's there's those actresses that you only really know from when they're sort of forty, fifty onwards. Yeah. Um, because you know, they, they, maybe like an Angelica Houston or something like that. I don't know if I've seen a film with her when she's in her twenties. Mm-hmm. But I imagine if you see her when she's twenty, she's stunning. But she's got this kind of like. Mystique. wise mystique <laughs> about her yeah this kind of uh, old head on on young shoulders kind of thing about her and a francis mdormand i mean what it is is she's a terrific actor and yeah well that's
0: that's that's the crux isn't it she's yeah and yeah and gene hackman at times i was sat watching it forgetting that oh it's just an actor he's <laughs> just yeah you know, this just set <laughs> yeah. in like 1988 you know it's, they're all this is they're representing like some of that happened you know, like I said, like twenty, nearly twenty, thirty well, years you know, previously, and a lot
1: of a lot of credit has to go to the production team on this, whether it's costume yeah. or, or um, scenery and and all that, all that. If it wasn't for so many recognizable actors, if you'd have told me this was done in the late sixties, early seventies, I'd have gone, well, you know, it looks really good for that age, but it, I yeah. bought it. You know, it's so effective, and presumably because a lot of those small towns look, still look like that twenty years later, yeah, <laughs> thirty yeah. years later, they're probably <laughs> helped by the small town mentality yeah. in that sense and it doesn't hurt,
0: obviously Gene hatman would have remembered that whole period quite vividly. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd have been, and what, like 40, 45? <laughs> exactly. All these
1: one generation different. It's just like he's yeah. thinking about his dad, maybe, or something like that. And, yeah. And again, part of their dynamic is you get this sense that um, Rupert Anderson maybe was a in small fact, town. In fact, he would
0: have been about Ward's age in the film in yeah. 1964. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly yeah. No. And, yeah.
1: and yet that character, you suspect that he's just sort of like probably was a small-town racist, small-minded guy who's grown out of that. And so he's got a sympathy for that. Obviously, he tells a story about his dad. He's got, an, or at least an understanding of it. Uh, yeah, Ward is he very like, it, yeah. Ward comes in with big-city liberal ideas, doesn't he? And, and, yeah. And just won't tolerate it. And obviously, that's the point of view we're coming from.
0: Yeah, maybe being um, kinder to, to Anderson is perhaps that he was... You know, he had a strong, he had a strong moral compass, perhaps, so he was never... Yeah. By the yeah, I you know, he was never in a yeah. clan
1: or whatever like that, but he might have yeah. just had these small town ideals until he until he broadened his mind. So yeah, yeah. yeah that that dynamic is 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 amazing, really. And um, from an editing point of view, from a um, story uh, telling point of view, the great thing about this is it wastes no shoe leather. Is that that's a common phrase, isn't it? That's is that a phrase people know?
0: I mean, not it's not one I know right okay but, I, so but your meaning is conveyed I know what you say I know what you mean by it it's like it's efficient isn't it it's it's like yeah. two hours long as well I'd even re- I actually remember thinking because I think when I first saw this I saw it on ITV on ITV1 or whatever or ITV as it was just back then and uh yeah, it was obviously had ads in it as well. So yeah, yeah. I think what was meant to be like you know a two hour film came across as like two and a quarter hour, two and three quarter hours. Or something. Yeah,
1: and, it, and that's it. And it's not necessarily just runtime; just more like um, so the idea of shoe leather is you know you've got a scene where. a The two characters are saying oh we need to go interview so and so about such a thing that's correct let's go do that and then it shows you walking to that scene it just Mm. cuts you know in, in, in any good detective film which is essentially what this is with lots of settings lots of characters lots of twists and clues where they've got to keep cutting to different things they just cut to it you know they don't talk about their strategy and then enact their strategy and it goes wrong they don't sit around discussing the strategy we just see what they do and we have to keep up with it uh, I think what would in be interesting about this film sorry
0: what was that last thing you said the
1: pacing um, they, yeah the, the pacing of it essentially is, is fantastic
0: yeah one thing I think that struck me while as I was watching it today if this film was made today it would be it'd be like a HBO miniseries you know sort of like True Detective
1: and it'd It definitely be could be ten hours yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, but, it definitely could be, and 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 you get to know more about the the home life of Alan Ward and, and all that sort yeah. Of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, which
0: you do get a little bit of an insight. And he's talking You get as much about. as you need.
1: You know, it's although, really efficient storytelling. You get as much as you need.
0: Yeah, although I I didn't like the last line of the is it the last line of the film where she's like, oh no, it's not the last line. It's like the last interaction between um, Anderson and. Um, McDormand's character, Pell Mrs. Pell and she says, "She's like, when you're in in Des Moines, don't send me a postcard." <laughs> Which, we knew what she was saying, but it was, yeah, that didn't work for me. I quite liked it was, it. I, I, I quite liked it was it. you know, those lines that you, you know, those scenes in films where you're not supposed to laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no,
1: but, I quite um, like that. But another yeah. th- uh, storytelling. You mentioned the, the Talking Heads vox pop mechanism. Really effective, mm. I thought, in 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 completely convincing me and making me forget this was a film. You know, it really gave it that documentary feel, and it emphasizes also emphasizes the role that passive, ignorant townspeople play in letting yeah. these things happen. You know, and it's it's a yeah. it's a well trodden argument that I don't need to go over the idea that you know, you, if you let evil go on without doing anything about it, you're basically doing the evil act. Yeah. and uh, you know I mentioned a few weeks ago a recommendation to the Behind the Bastards podcast they did a great special yeah. on the the sort of normal nice uh, middle class people who basically allowed the Nazi party and, and all that to happen because they had the sort of views that these people have you know they they don't actually know any black people especially that woman where she says you know they don't bathe they stink they're mm. nasty and then it cuts to a lot of white people being really nasty <laughs> yeah it's arguing and fighting it's like, yeah you know, so we apparently, those vox itself.
0: pops with those people were actual real people in the town where they were filming. Okay. And, Presumably um, scripted. they still, I hope. No, they were like ad libbed. Apparently, they were oh, like really? kind of told sort of what to say. Yeah, yeah bro, okay. and um, apparently it was very awkward because they didn't know if this was their actual true feelings about yeah. these people. <laughs>
1: um Cinema so, yeah. verity. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just and that, to, and that shines through, you know
0: yeah just go back to what we were saying
1: earlier uh,
0: best picture for the Oscar so in 89 when this right. would have been nominated uh, Rain Man won that and it won see best I love Direct. that
1: film I, I, you know it's, it's hard to argue that what about screenplay best screenplay uh, again Rain Man yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, do you know the other nominees
0: uh, for best screenplay, I'll have a look for you now. Uh,
1: really? I mean, Rain Man, I do think Rain Man's a great film. I'm sure people have got their problems with it, and it does in terms of its portrayal of autism as yeah. being some sort of like superpower and all that, but I've always loved that film. <laughs> yeah. so I think I do, this screenplay just, is better be fair, than it I was. never
0: think of that with Rain Man. I never think of him as a. You know, you see him when he's.
1: Uh... Well, that was probably your first introduction to the idea of an autistic person as Idiot Savant Uh, because you must have watched that when you were really young I presume presume, like I did Uh,
0: no I watched it when I was about 16 17
1: right okay I didn't watch it when I was
0: a kid Um, it's it's, not really a kid film is it because Tom Cruise's missus in that gets a tick out quite a lot so it's not something you'd be like mum would put on you know it's perfect when you're 12 years old (laughs) and it's
1: like just that's all you get just little snippets from films
0: yeah Uh, Rayman did win best uh, yeah yeah. It's a very good screenplay. <laughs> Although um, one of the films that was nominated that year is uh, a Friends uh, in Friends. Rachel's favorite film, or oh, the oh, film she says is a favorite and film. No, the film <laughs> oh, the she, says she, she says, is,
1: says is is that the uh, unbearable lightness of being, or no, it's uh, Dangerous Liaisons. <laughs> <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's Rachel's real favorite film? Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great screenplay. Um,
1: Great screenplay for that. Um, I mean, yeah,
0: so, I preferred this film to Rain Man. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I, 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 find cool. it, I
1: find it hard to compare because I've I've sort of known Rain, Rain Man as a film for ages and really love it and stuff. I mean, I'm fine if, if people prefer this over that and, and vice versa, I really don't mind. But um, yeah. yeah, I just thought it was so well made. And I, what I really liked as well, sort of relief as a viewer, was the fact that our protagonists were the FBI and they just had unlimited resources. Because as much as... A really easy way to get conflict into a film is to give them a budget and um, they're fighting against bureaucracy and all this sort of stuff which is what makes The Wire so great a lot of the time it is like a, having a day off if the characters are just rich and can just throw 200 men at the problem you know it was, and it also spoke to the intractability of this problem or as at least as it would have felt at the time you know you can have literally hundreds of federal agents come in and uh, you know it's still a difficult social problem because the people who you trying to help you're actually hindering them by getting to talk to you you know they don't want to talk to you because they're, they're clearly mm. going to make their, their life hell uh, and as uh, Rupert uh, Anderson says you know these people have got to live here for years after we <laughs> pack
0: Where up and gone go. yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's yeah, interesting. It like, interesting. The, the motel owner asks them to leave and he's just like, buy the motel. Um, yeah, um, so I, like, well, I quite what, like How that. much should I offer them? And he's like, I don't care. Just do but Yeah, yeah. And it, there is a sort of, sort of, like you said, intractability of that. They have, that they're, they're going to get them, you know, because they've got the resources, they've got the willpower. You know, yeah. it's a strange thing is that the people with all the... The ability and all they are going to catch them, <laughs> and I suppose. Well,
1: was, but the, but the problem, no, the, no, the, that wasn't it. It was, it was. Even if they're throwing all these resources at it, oh, sorry, it's not a simple it. problem. It's not a yeah. problem you can just chase down and, and put in prison even though they eventually do, it is deeper yeah. than that. Because you know, like when America went it's crazy, crazy. I, but for I know five what you mean. Years. But I
0: also feel that works both ways. I felt for me, I was like, oh well, they can, like you said, they've got this manpower, they've got this they've yeah. got the they've got this they've not just got the will, like personally, but they've actually got the backing to to, to change their country. They they're putting the yeah. effort in if that makes sense. And I think sense. if it was
1: a ten part miniseries or whatever, it would have a couple of episodes of bureaucracy and Oh, yeah. they're so close to getting the things they need, but they need the funding. Like, say the the does that so perfectly well. Um, but yeah, yeah they have a scene have where a they have to go
0: to their chief, wouldn't they? And it's like, well, we need the money for this because yeah, this is evidence, yeah. and they pull out a piece yeah. of evidence that was and they'd key they'd have to and get some yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Get I them, mean, get them there's
0: a, yeah, like a part of this film, interestingly, is um, when the um, when the house gets firebombed. In the yeah. middle of the morning, and then they get that witness, and then it just cuts to suddenly they're in a courtroom. So, yeah, because that, that, like,
1: that could have been yeah, film, though. Yeah.
0: Presumably, like a week or two has passed, at least. And then obviously, you've got the grave miscarriage of justice there, which is interesting. Well, that's it. Well.
1: I, This film is so good at, uh, at instilling hopelessness in you. Uh, again, mm. even with all these resources thrown at it, whether it's. We've got everybody we've got ten witnesses, but we they know that if they talk then they are gonna be the next victims. Um yeah, there was a moment of of hope when the judge was saying, you know, basically the fact that you attacked a person's home, that is mm. that becomes their next step and you're like, Oh, is this you know, is this gonna go the way we want it? Mm. Suspended sentences. No it is not.
0: <laughs> and then the judge has this really like sort of weird like, well, you've been pressured into this because of all the hullabaloo, as if like, like, as if their racism is a product of the FBI turning up (laughs) (laughs) you know Um, is there anything else you liked about this film, from your notes? Those
1: those are the main things I thought it was a really outstanding film I think, things I didn't like to be honest, as I was watching it there was nothing I didn't like yeah. Uh, it, you, know, you know me, I fall asleep to films and this had me hooked the whole way because I didn't know how it ends I didn't know how it was going to go but on reflection, having to come up with a thing I didn't like I suppose again, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film but I would be sympathetic to somebody if they said this film has got a sort of white knight syndrome and a hard-on for the FBI, both of which are, yeah. are problematic and again, you know, Ju- Juicy made the joke to us, uh, off off mic I, I assume um, saying we're going to have to deal with Racial issues again, and try to be really apologetic about that. That's oh, probably yeah, the one area. Yeah. That's probably yeah, the one see, area where I really
0: listening to us squirm about two white men from England talking about civil liberties and race yeah, exactly. relations in America and being completely out of our depth. Which yeah. you know, I'm I'm stood here in the puddle with you. It's fine, exactly. <laughs> and then, so I think
1: that's the one thing that for me as a viewer, the the context I'm bringing to it didn't affect my viewership of it. But I could I'd yeah. be, If I saw a, a you know think piece saying this film is actually morally evil, I'd be like. I can see it, you know, the FBI are not this perfect system. Um,
0: Well, especially at this time when they had J. Edgar Hoover in charge. Well,
1: exactly. But on the other hand, they're telling a story of two detectives, and they've got to have, well, we'll find out if it's a true story and how true it is from you in a minute, Hugh, but, you know, they're trying to tell a story about two detectives who are trying to uncover all this corruption and stuff, so they have to be an outside federal uh, body and they have to mm-hmm. have unlimited resources so it's the FBI, it doesn't mean that the writer and director have this hard on for the FBI, they're just a storytelling device so yeah, uh, yeah, that that would be my criticism if I had to make one but I really don't have many things to say yeah. about this film that are bad
0: yeah that, that White Knight thing is an interesting phenomena isn't it and it I is. feel like in this situation I suppose ultimately there had to be some sort of White knighting I guess, because for it to get people on side with you know racism bad, white people had to you know with the majority ethnicity in America had to had yeah. to get
1: on board with being exactly yeah you know, agreeing with that they're um, probably then giving them the credit as opposed to just being a necessary step um, yeah you know but you're yeah. right I mean they 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 do they do fall down in that they don't have a major black protagonist
0: yeah and it's and it's the film says you know oh you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those you know white boys going missing and you're like yeah yeah yeah, they probably wouldn't be it's it's an
1: awful necessary evil
0: yeah but at the same time you know that's because a lot of the time what would happen in situations like this would um, black men and um, boys and you know teenagers and whatever they would be they'd be lynched and the local police would just cover it up because they were racist as well yeah yeah,
1: exactly. So it's it's one of those. In the same way that the suffragette movement needed some men as allies, uh, yeah, but they're not they're not the people we give the credit to, rightfully. So they're just they're a necessary step.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't equate that one for one because obviously, in that situation, women make up the other half of the population. True. Where, yeah, they, where they, they, they could be a majority. <laughs> the black people were always the minority, and that was where the fear came in. But you were asking. Um, about the the veracity yeah. of this, and yeah. you know what it's based. So this is a story, but it's based very specifically on an event in nineteen sixty four where three basically what happened in the film kind of happened. Three young men who were out doing uh, voter registration or setting. They were speaking to some uh, local uh, churches, and yeah, they um, they got held up by the police and basically murdered on the way out of town or whatever, and. Yeah, that that's that's what happened. So I think But then like, was
1: there a huge F, like federal investigation yeah, into it all? Yeah, it was in the right. news
0: in America. So like like I said, Ebert, they all they all knew what happened, so the audience would have been more informed, like I said, than we were when right. we actually first saw this film, so to speak. So yeah, they um they sort of it was based very specifically on something that did happen, um, almost like beat it, for beat.
1: It definitely seemed like it was based on a real story when you saw their sentences flash up on screen. That's what they do yeah. in real stories, I like that.
0: Yeah, and I think they were probably based on, although I've no evidence for this, uh, on like the, the the sort of the event. Because it is weird that like the the um, it is weird that the. Um, Sheriff, he gets like acquitted, yeah. and he's yeah. very confident he's going to be acquitted, isn't he? When he he's gets arrested,
1: hands clean, yeah, yeah. So
0: that, so it's, it's interesting, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we again, you know, me and you, we do struggle kind of talking about these things so they're not they don't directly impact our lives, but at the same time, this is. This is one way you learn about these things, isn't it? You know, you it is and it's like a film,
1: this. you know, we, we can talk about films as yeah. much as we like. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we have to apologise for talking about a film that's no, no. got black issues in it.
0: Yeah, I know. No, no, no so, good. and also like, you know, th- there is multiple perspectives out there. You know, this was the perspective of the law enforcement, I guess, at this time. You know, this is yeah. and it's it's, a
1: story, isn't it? It's not the story of civil rights, it's yeah, a story. yeah, yeah. And it's a My shame that the little not, boy who was you know, basically Amazing uh, actor-wise and, and character-wise, uh, I forget his name, but you know the, the you know the boy I'm talking about, the young boy. He could have been a more prominent character, or could get his, should get his own film. You know that character, <laughs> yeah, uh, the birth of Martin Luther King, isn't it? As a as a character, he's that he's that strong. Yeah, he's very
0: defiant, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, it was a bit ambiguous, but I'm guessing his dad did die, didn't he, at the end? Because they show like, did they show two funerals at the same time?
1: I think so yeah Yeah, and he sat there on his own in the the smouldering embers of it and uh, yeah it's implied at least yeah yeah that's right because he's comforting him and and it feels like an empty comfort of everything's gonna be alright and the way that it fades to black or whatever is telling
0: so Sam what was your favourite scene in this film
1: I found it really hard there's so many memorable small s- scenes um, Yeah it's just film
0: with a lot of small scenes isn't it there's, yeah, there's no like scene no over sugar, 10 minutes it. is there that I can that's
1: remember right. and it, and it made it really wrong. hard just, but you know just, I watched it like yesterday and today I could recall basically every part of the film and I think that's to its credit um, so the ones that stand out I mean Rupert going into the little social club and uh, yeah grabbing him by the bollocks and it was really fascinating because I was like oh wow. That is clearly the guy from *Guys the Galaxy, but he can't be that old. He's sixty-five. That really surprised <laughs> me. Really? Uh, yeah. So I double-checked on that. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's, he's one of the most distinct faces. <laughs> What's his character's name in *The uh, Guardians*? John doe That's right. I
0: might not be your I might not be your father, but I am your daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> you
1: Yeah, he's good and as I Michael Rucker. Yeah. He's fantastic. And there's a there's a really cathartic scene where Ali Ermi the uh, uh, what is he, the mayor? Uh, when he's threatened yes. by Agent Monk, that is really good. Yeah. that is that is wonderful. One yeah, that scene.
0: guy just comes in, scares the living hell out of the <laughs> yeah. mayor, and then just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's he's a real contrast to a lot of the other black characters in this film because a lot of them are quite kowtowed and yeah, right, that actually afraid. Got to lose he doesn't other than the that little town, boy, busy. yeah, no, he's just like you know, you know I'm, you know, I'm here to beat up racists and chew gum and I'm all out of gum sort of <laughs> character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, he's great. Um, he was great. Yeah, I think for me, I think the most effective or affecting scene for me was the attack on the church yeah. where yeah, you know it was that, that was like the harrowing moment where you could you know you could it was like it's almost, like almost like a war film almost you know where you could see one side lining up about to attack the other and they're, they're all the gospel you know, music like, in the
1: background you know yeah. haunting him of it yeah
0: and this real like um contrast between these peaceable people essentially just at church you know like say what you want about Christianity but the one thing it does preach is peace you know I'll give it <laughs> that um
1: well love thy neighbor and, and all to. that stuff
0: <laughs> yeah but um yeah so it's an interesting contrast and yeah that and that you know a lot of these people are in the klu klux klan which is very very much meant to be centered around white protestantism as well which is very interesting um yeah. so yeah that was probably my favorite scene and the, but the other one i went with as well because um yeah like you said uh Gene Hattman with uh, Pell and, and Bailey in the bar and you know just the sort of just the, the gumption he has to walk in there and basically threaten them all
1: yeah you know? well that's it that is that is a such character moment um, it's interesting it out... that
0: there's no scene actually in the film other than right at the beginning where because I think maybe another film might be tempted to put um Anderson and Ward in some like mortal danger you know have a little like like fight scene with like one of the the racists yeah. you know like a proper one but literally all that happens is they get the window shot out they see the burning cross uh and Ward runs out with his gun and then that's it nothing really happens so that, that I think true? that was to its credit quite frankly that they didn't Yeah again it's do it's not like that. cheap
1: this film I don't think it, it's it's very it's smart and it knows what it is and it's yeah it's seen films in terms of links with Black Blacklandsman the uh the funeral uh, song towards the end, mm. when they have the funeral. Well, there's two scenes really that mirror a couple of scenes from Black Klansman. There's the the um, preacher whose name I forget from Black Klansman, and when Harry Belafonte is telling the story as well. You kind of got two of those. So mm. Frankie Faison, mm. who's actually in the wire, he's giving a really good speech, and then you've got the the lady singing at the funeral as well. You know, you just got these really poignant. Yeah, couple minute long scenes where you're supposed to reflect and it is really beautifully done.
0: And to just point again at the music this film, it does that it has this same repeating like electronic sort of low key menacing keyboard <laughs> sound, doesn't it? Throughout the film, every like, every time there's like a like a moment of danger, this this music kicks up and you hear it and you're like, oh, something bad's about like, they literally have a shot where it shows you the cotton fields and it looks lovely, and it's beautiful, and then the music just kicks in, and you are like, "Oh no, what's happened?" And you see and the young happened? man <laughs> yeah. in like the chicken cage and the chicken coop cage, and you are like, "Oh, so something bad's about to happen to him?" Or you, obviously, as an audience, you are not sure, but you recognize him as the guy who was like captured the other in a previous scene. So yeah, yeah. that that and, it, and it's and it's they. I, I, I was watching it going, oh, they using this too much?" But then I was like, "Well, that's the point because these people have this threat all the time." So. This is every time there's threat, this music comes on. So and it's just, it's nonstop practically in the film.
1: Um, yeah, and it's I think it's subtle enough that it becomes informative without being intrusive.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what and was your favourite line or lines from the film? son
1: the funniest line was one that you could you could have missed if you weren't, <laughs> didn't have the subtitles on. Okay, I swear to God, Lester, you are living proof that cousins shouldn't fuck.
0: <laughs> no, I missed. I did miss that one. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: when he's. That's when Anderson's on his way up to the social club, and <laughs> Lester with his shifting eyes, like his. Arms yeah, face. <laughs> Lester. There was a lot. I mean, one thing that really moved me, actually, and I don't know if it's quoted from something else. I feel like I've heard it before, or if it just it, if it just rang so true that it felt like I heard it before. Uh, the eulogist Frankie Faison when he when <laughs> he's, he's saying, "I have no more love to give." I have only anger in my heart today and I want you to be angry with me. And I don't know if he was quoting something, but it really was very powerful. I thought that as a line. Not that uh, I'm
0: aware of personally, but could be, could be. So that was your your favourite
1: line. Yeah, one of those stands out, but I'll let you go first in case I steal it. No, the other one I
0: liked was when he's like, when they're talking to the church congregation in the burnt out church and, and the child, you know, goes oh they're afraid of the law and Anderson's like we are the law um, and the child's like not around here Yeah, you know that was real like real western almost kind of vibes yeah. to me yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good, good any playing. any of those for yourself there is a lot of good lines in this film I'll I'd, I'd, I'd be honest with you it is it did it did um, it does have a lot of crackers
1: oh yeah and, and again to show the sort of dynamic between Anderson and Ward uh, they arrive and there's the fire but they're not allowed through Anderson says, you know, if I were a Negro, I'd probably think the same way they do. And Ward says, uh, really kind of like, uh, uh, you know, he's very frustrated. No, it's, it's,
0: it's Anderson, isn't it? Uh, Sorry, Ward, 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 Ward says, says if it.
1: you were a Negro, nobody would give a damn what you thought. And is he it, says, is it Ward that says that exasperatedly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was the other so, way around. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, the other ones I had were. Anderson when he says down here they say rattlesnakes don't commit suicide
1: yeah and then there's a call back later as well isn't it you know the, yeah and he says this you know
0: the rattlesnakes are committing suicide yeah yeah uh, and then another one where after Ward pulls the gun on him and he says to Bird he goes do you think you would have shot me and Bird says oh yes sir and Anderson just goes ballsy
1: little bastard isn't he and, and he's that's like it. there's a no respect between them yeah. they don't completely hate each other
0: yeah and I think that's the moment where kind of yeah, Anderson's like, oh, he's, you know he means what he says and he's going to do it. But
1: yeah, that, from him his point of view, that does seem to be a moment where he realizes this isn't just some like career making chance. Yeah. you know he he does mean it. Very Favorite good. shot then, Sam? Uh, there's a lot of good shots of fires and uh, people watching fires, but I think the opening shot was what uh, initially kind of uh, got me into the film. Do you remember what the opening shot was?
0: being burnt I think
1: that's the immediate sort of second shot after yeah. the opening oh, shot that's, so the yeah, opening yeah. shot is the sinks the whites of the coloured oh of sinks, course yeah yeah and which shows, is a great opening shot to a film yeah
0: and it shows the two like the contrast between like the white sink that's all nice and in terms of just establishing context, I thought it was yeah. really well done. Yeah, you, know, it, where you know, you know, there's are, some of the
1: good shots, like in the diner. Uh, as soon as uh, Ward goes over to the uh, the, the black table, if, uh, the black bar, whatever, the white yeah. people looking over. That's like a proper. You've gone into the wrong town. <laughs> 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 the record player. The pianist stops playing. He's like, "You
0: ain't welcome around here no more." Yeah, yeah. It's like a bit like Blazing Saddles almost isn't it <laughs> um, for it's me hilarious. my favourite shot I had two actually in this film was the shot of the burning cross when Anderson and Ward are stunned underneath it and you yep. get the high angle looking down shot at them and that kind of sums up the film very well like they're like yeah. oh we're in trouble here sort of thing oh, careful now <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was um Pell when he gets beaten up by Anderson and he's just spinning around in the chair for ages yeah that's a really powerful shot as well because
1: he just doesn't say a word in that entire beating does he really he's just terrified
0: yeah and who would blame him (laughs) (laughs) so Sam what we're going to do now is we're going to go for another break and then afterwards we're going to get the critics your rating out of 10 and we're going to find out what film we're watching next week and a quiz and a quiz we have it all all to come stick around listener. don't go anywhere be right back back to the final part of Please Watch This, episode 88 for those of you keeping count. Right Sam, so we're going to do the critics and I've mentioned them a few times but would you like to hear what Ebert had what to say Roger about Ebert Yes, Roger Ebert, let's see what he had to say. Um, Movies often take place in towns, but they rarely seem to live in them. Alan Parker's Mississippi Burning feels like a movie made from the inside out, a movie that knows the ways and people of its small southern city so intimately that, having seen it, I know the place I'd go for a cup of coffee and the place I'd steer clear from. The acute sense of time and place, rural Mississippi, 1964, is the lifeblood of the film. Which is, yeah, oh. I've never heard of, you know, this film inhabit Why
1: don't we um, do the Roger Ebert review at the start <laughs> and then not waste an hour of everyone's life <laughs> trying to scrabble for the right words? He always finds a yeah. new way, doesn't he? Fucking Roger Ebert, I Does love him so much. Fucking
0: just. Yeah, makes us, puts us to shame. And the, he goes on to say there are no great villains and sadistic tortures in this film, only banal little racists with a vicious streak. <laughs> That's Which, good. Uh, and then finally says Mississippi Burning is the best American film of 1988 and a likely candidate it for the Academy Award at this year's best
1: picture mm. uh, what star rating do you think he gave it Sam? well 4 out of 4 indeed if yeah, he if he's did. telling it for Oscars it must be yeah he did he did like it
0: uh, and then I've got another uh, review here from the Washington Post by uh, Denson Howe um, and he's talking about You know, this is at the end of the review and he's kind of talking about what the director gives you gives the audience. He says Parker gives you killing, all right. Also lynching, burning, and the terror of being chased over fences past squealing hogs and into the night by the Klux Klux Klan. And cinematographer Peter Bizu makes you see the beauty among the beats, uh, beasts. Uh, sorry. Uh, in one haunting shot, he tilts from a magnificent magnolia state sky to a terrified young black man quivering in a chicken coop, awaiting a group of murderous vigilantes. So I pretty much echoed what he said. Yeah. It there earlier on. Uh, he didn't have a rating for this film but he was positive about Definitely. it. It was quite a neutral review I must admit of this film. It wasn't trying to sway you one way or the other. You just kind of give a matter of fact of what the film was about but yeah. It was uh, from it was from 1988 right. and of the time so yeah I thought it was interesting to have. Um, but the real rating, the only rating that counts here on this podcast uh, is your opinion and my opinion mm. I suppose as well. Um so, how many uh, razor blades out of 10 would you give this film, Sam?
1: Before I watched it, I fully expected it to be a solid 6 out of 10. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I loved it that much. I thought yep, it was intriguing a- and brilliant and just wonderful. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised you like it as much as you did, actually. Um be interesting now if you did watch did what I did and watch Glory and be like, kind of see what you thought about that. But, yeah, I would I would echo that. Yeah, it's an 8 or a 9 out of 10, isn't it? It's not, it's not quite a 10 out of 10, is no. it? I don't know, maybe there's... I think there's, like, one big scene or something missing from this film to make it a 10 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, I know
1: what you mean. I know what you mean. It's just a standout yeah. scene that wins the Oscar kind of thing. Or,
0: yeah. yeah, or, like... Bit of dialogue, like a soliloquy, mm-hmm. one of the characters has. Like, there is, I, I, I do like the, um, the, the, like, dialogue that Gene Hackman has about his dad and this mule and the. Yeah,
1: that's the proper bit, bit of actoring, and, that isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an actor, darling. Mm. Yeah, but it'd be nice if there was a bit like that, but more. Yeah, I suppose this is one of those great films that it doesn't have much exposition, it tells you sort of. The situation through character conversations, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? really effective. Which is what we always ask for in any film. Although I don't mind exposition in... I, I don't mind good exposition in a sci-fi film, personally.
1: Well, yeah, if you sense. have to set up a world. A lot of sci-fi novels yeah. or fantasy novels start with three chapters of... Well, of course, in the great old time of this, there was a whiz-bang and a bomb, and in Xylon 7... <laughs> a, you know, yeah. It will just...
0: <laughs> I always like, is it on... Uh, the original version of Dune where it just it's got a voiceover and it's talking about the June word but it just it just opens with On this planet you will die <laughs> <laughs> And I just have to ask just like how do you beat yeah, that honestly crazy. it's such that's a weird. great line. Um, so Samo mm. I know you're a man who likes a quiz. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a Let's quiz. quiz up. So question well question one. Um, what is the state slogan of Mississippi?
1: Uh, oh, oh! Um, I was thinking the uh, the um, Magnolia State. That's not right. Uh, I should know this. Go on. Can you give me a clue, maybe?
0: Um, yeah, you've actually oh, said the, the answer. the Magnolia <laughs> State. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Magnolia oh, yeah. State. Yeah, it's It's kind of in the uh, in that review we just did, and it says it on the billboards. Yeah. They're entering Mississippi. Uh, yeah, it's a good little, good little sort of. uh yeah, nickname uh, then? Isn't it really? Yeah, like all states haven't, don't they? In America, apparently, like was it New Mexico's the land of enchantment, something like like
1: that. Big Apple, Windy City, that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the smaller states tend to have these like state slogans, don't they? Okay, question two. How do the people in the KKK show that they're in the KKK? What gesture do they do? They have do?
1: their thumbs in their waistbands and three... Well, I suppose thumbs and four fingers in their waistbands and hold three fingers down.
0: They do, Ooh. yeah. The, th- the three fingers represent Ku Klux Klan, right. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, name three of the seven groups that uh, basically the KKK reject or, you know, white Anglo-Saxon. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah as uh, pointed yeah, out
0: okay. by Tao, Tao that is his, uh, fair enough in the interview. Uh, gives, Jewish
1: people. Because he says... The Jewish people, the Jews. Yeah. Um, it was a seven yeah. in total, really. There Crikey. was. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the, the black community, I'll call them.
0: <laughs> no, no, I want what he says. No, i <laughs> No, that's fine. I'll give you that, the, yeah.
1: Um, oh, that's bugging me now. Uh, well because he's anglo-saxon there's another sort of like uh the the romans the romans yeah the romans the, the romans <laughs> what have the romans ever done for <laughs> us
0: the anglo-saxon um not quite The Romans. be a bit kind of
1: really okay uh okay uh the europeans i don't really know actually
0: no. Do you want to go with a different group, since you're close with that one, but oh, I can't sure. give it to you quite
1: exactly, um, sadly. Who, who are those people here? I mean, they don't like anyone, do they? So I'm probably safe with anyone. Uh, I mean, does he talk about yeah. South America, Central America, Hispanic? No, no, no. God. I, mentioned,
0: um, I mentioned them earlier. Well, it, the, yeah, what do you call the it? Podcast. The, the, the,
1: the Tarries, No, they're not the Tarries, isn't no, The T. Close.
0: T. Sounds a bit like a sauce. Tartars. <laughs> that's yeah, it, yeah. That's right. So who were they? Who were they? Yeah. Uh, they were a Turkic sort of Mongolian um, race of people. I think they still exist. Um, sort of on the Eurasian steppe, right. they did a bit of invading and ruling in like the 13th and 14th century. In a bit in- Russia. Primey. They were like the successor, the, um, the Golden Horde, I think, is another name for the Tartars. They, yeah. Uh, up until Ivan the Terrible.
1: Right, interesting. So I think I got three there. I don't know. Can you tell me the other four before yep, I yep. before I so make a racial slur that I wasn't even aware of? Yeah, I'll <laughs> give
0: you this. I'll give you the seven. So they say the Jews because they believe that they control the money and communi- and they're the result of, somehow. that They are communists They reject Christ. More importantly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they rejected Christ. Yeah. Papists, oh, yeah. uh, i.e., Catholics, because they're um, ruled by a Roman emperor that's the Roman as in thing. the Pope. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the Turks. <laughs> and then he goes to Turks mongrels mongrels I don't know who mongrels are but I is think it that's a mo- is a mongrel yeah,
1: somebody just, of mixed heritage
0: yeah it could be uh, and then tartars which I was like oh good for the tartars <laughs> Get getting a bench. Uh, orientals uh, and then he says nor negroes mm. is the word he uses yeah. but uh, yeah for the word black yeah. <laughs> community as you put it it's more sensitive possibly. Um question four then uh, where were the bodies buried? In an earthen dam. Dam? <laughs> yeah, they were, yes. They were in a dam. And see if you can get the full five out of five Ooh. here. Uh, how many years in prison did Deputy Pell get
1: in the Ooh, end? Well, I think they all seem to get ten or seven, so I'll say ten. He did? Yes. Well done. And then just for the bonus Why question, uh, spell Mississippi. M I S S I S I P I. Yeah, you sound like that. I think I remember
0: you being one of those kids who was probably like eight years old going, I know how to spell Mississippi. Of course I was.
1: I'm I'm, I'm the 32 year old kid who says, I know how to spell Mississippi. Uh, What has four (laughs) eyes but can't see?
0: Uh, I don't know, a a spider with its eyes gouged out?
1: Mississippi. (laughs) <laughs> oh, dear. Here we
0: go so yeah so that oh, was Mississippi Burning I've just
1: thought of a, a random oh, little thing magic they, they, they hire out the auditorium theatre for how much a month 75. 75 there you go Man Who Knows His Film boom Marvelous. man who knows his
0: film marvellous yeah so that was Mississippi Burning anything to say before I we go? I loved move it on? I'd
1: recommend it that's the best. That's, yeah. I recommend it yeah, to yeah, Ben. ben actually. I texted Ben the other day saying, Have you seen Has it? Because Ben looks like seen it? it. Ben. He hasn't actually seen it. Ben looks like it. Uh, he thought, like oh. me. Like Ben, be it, yeah. And I said, No, it's actually excellent. So, Ben, watch it.
0: Yeah, def- mm. definitely. Uh, so, Sam, what film are we going to watch next? Well, week? Well,
1: following the fact that I've been just in love with Gene Hackman from this film, we're going to watch The Birdcage. What do you know about The Birdcage?
0: I know nothing about this film at all, other than I think Robin Williams has a mustache. Yeah, that's.
1: I didn't even realised Gene Hackman was in it. Gonna, we're going to watch The Birdcage uh, next week and, and let you know our thoughts and feelings into yeah. uh, innermost desires. Um, ben, if they want to get <laughs> Maybe ben, not that one. I mean, <laughs> I've got Ben on the mind. Sorry, Ben, uh, Hugh, uh, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us about Did, I, is, their favourite Ben me? episode, <laughs> how would they do that? <laughs>
0: Well, ideally, they would join the Mm. FBI in the 1960s and maybe do some sort of, like, formal investigation in the deep south of America. Maybe type out a letter somehow, uh, and then maybe bring that to the future and then put that on an email to pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, that seems achievable, that, doesn't it? Let's...
1: Yeah. Who more accessible, though? I guess you could use social media. Um... You could get in touch with uh, predominantly on Twitter, at Please Watch Pod. We're nominally on Instagram and Facebook, at Please Watch Pod. Yeah. But Twitter. Twitter is the place, and predominantly so. Yeah, I, don't, I, <laughs> I mean, it's enough tweets. effort doing that. I don't <laughs> want to triple up on the workload, so it's Twitter all the way. Yep. I do the editing. Sam um, does the yeah, social and we media live our stuff. Lives.
0: That's how it works. Yeah. And our, you, listener, listen. And labor. for that,
1: I love you. And I want you to tell everyone you you, you know about this uh, this podcast of ours.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just tell we don't a friend. Need you to just the me you now. Yeah. Hit the like button with a nuclear tell, button.
1: Tell one just friend. Tell one friend. Listen yeah. to it with a loved one. Post coital.
0: You could tell if you can tell one friend to listen to it and then get them to tell one friend, and then eventually um, Sam can put his yeah. He can ideal. quit his job. <laughs> Absolutely ideal. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. And become a man of <laughs> international mystery. Long time which He's always wanted to be. All been, right. So. Well, I'll look forward to talking at yeah, you next week, listener, that. and. Uh,
0: you too next time will be about won't we to talk talk at their ear holes can't wait yeah see you next week Bye. bye